And is it going? It is going. Oh, <laughs> good. Uh, it is now well, real. Yeah, a real deal. Anthony, uh, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, just to jump right into it, we were just chatting before we started here. Uh, you said you got expelled from your high school. Can we uh, well, uh, get into that? All right. Story? Story yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right into it. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I went to Louis Saint Laurent and uh, I was in grade 11. It was, a just, I think it was just a couple months into being gra in grade 11. And uh, someone, I broke up with my girlfriend or she broke up with me. And one, I think it was one of those like, we broke up like 8,000 times in, okay. in a month type of thing. <laughs> yep. And uh, this other guy kissed her at a, at a house party, so I had to fight him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was actually... Uh, Sorry, ignore that. That was actually uh, like, I think my third strike, third or fourth strike, that fight. So um, yeah, they sent me on my way and I moved in with my dad. Uh, after that so it was actually uh that was actually really good uh to do because i was i yeah. was getting in in with the wrong definitely getting in with the wrong crowd and well i would just get right into the story i guess but um yeah i was i was hanging out with just just idiots and and these guys trying to be like gangster and all that kind of stuff and and there was some kind of uh like allure for that mm -hmm. so um yeah i just kind of kind of followed suit and uh that's my first exposure to uh drugs really was it was these guys they weren't actually they weren't actually hmm. doing it okay. but they were selling it like they had we were in high really? school and these guys had like uh, call it a mentor if you will that are older mm -hmm. than them they're, they're gangster mentors and uh i actually saw this one guy he had like a mint case in grade 11 I, I remember he had a mint case uh like and there was crack in it i've never seen it before <laughs> and he's like yeah what? i took it out like yeah. Yeah, i'm gonna i sell crack i'm like holy shit damn uh damn for yeah, not even just that, yeah. not even just cocaine crack yeah like the olympics of cocaine wow so yeah it was uh it was it i like looking back now that made me comfortable like that didn't make me comfortable, but it made me feel like drugs weren't a big deal because these guys were pretty normal uh, for right. the most part. It wasn't like in like rec room for a dream or whatever. These guys are shooting up or scratching their necks and smoking meth. Normal dudes like kind of looked and acted like me and they were selling drugs. So it didn't seem like a, such a big deal. So yeah, yeah, I just, I just started to get, uh, get comfortable with the with the whole thing and, and the girls really liked these guys too because it was like it was like when like 50 cent came out and like uh the, all the gangster rap when it was like talking about like murdering people and shit like i feel like I, maybe i'm just not listening but i feel like that's kind of went away a little bit like it's not as much uh rap's not as gangster as it was mm -hmm. uh, at least maybe mainstream i would i think i would agree for sure yeah like like yeah, I don't really hear people bragging about drive-bys and stuff. And well, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because I only pretty much just listen to podcasts now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but back then it was like it was super cool to be a drug dealer and be a affiliated, and you know. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Uh, I was definitely attracted to it for sure. What do you think the allure is? Is it just like because we have money, so we get the girls? Is that kind of the allure, or? Uh, I think it's more for me, anyways. It was more of like a power thing. 
I, I really liked being the guy that had the drugs mm. and like okay. and like was like the the drug dealer you know what i mean like uh or with or with the bigger drug dealer so right. it's kind of like a badass thing like a bit of a power thing and a big a bit of a like oh shit that's that's anthony like he's got the drugs the guy's crazy stay away from him or whatever okay mm, yeah people, people would just really like that and like uh the worst most terrible girls loved it and it was uh, it was very toxic <laughs> right right yeah but uh, def- definitely yeah. i guess status would be uh kind of a status thing would you would you say yeah definitely status thing and and if people it was kind of like instead of getting instead of getting love you're you're getting respect through love. You're getting respect through fear. Uh, and I wasn't, uh, I didn't really respond to, like, I didn't want people to love me. Like, um, like I didn't want to seem weak. I would rather have been feared. And I think I really, I really, uh, held on to that, uh, through high school mm. And, uh, it, it made me like my temper was wicked. It was wicked. And I, and I really liked it too. I liked, there's a couple of times I would punch, I boxed for like 13 years and I played hockey and, uh, fighting was very much part of my life. And, uh, I, like I'd punch windows and, and doors in the school mm-hmm. and, and it, people, it would get around and, uh, I'd have this reputation and people, right. and I, I liked it, but now like I would, beat the shit out of myself if i if i met him <laughs> Give him a smile. Yeah. yeah for sure i think looking back on who we were even 10 years ago or even five years ago some of the times you just want to slap that kid in the face type of thing oh yeah uh, oh yeah absolutely absolutely there's personally a, i'm the same way but yeah sorry go ahead yeah yeah there's a a couple of things that you like you don't want to live in the past obviously but there's a couple moments uh especially where i'm like uh, I wish I'd never did that mm. or you know what I mean? Like there's, well, there's a lot of regret there. Obviously it shapes you to who you are today, but mm-hmm. still there's, you know, you'd have to be, you'd have to be lying. I think to say that people don't think that way. Like, oh, I wish I could go back and just change out one thing because mm-hmm. I'd be so much further ahead today. And that thing for me would be, would be trying, uh, trying cocaine for sure. Mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. that, like, not not daily anymore because i got other things to think about like my business and my family and my son mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh i used to just live there and be like fuck i wish i never tried it because mm-hmm. who knows who knows where i'd be but at, at the same time uh i did have like a pretty inflated ego and a lot of those types of issues mm-hmm. so since i i tried drugs and i got super heavily heavily addicted to to cocaine uh it really rock bottom is where i kind of built the foundation to what i have now it's kind of cliche to say but it's very very true it stripped me of my ego and i saw i was kind of one with the universe if you will like Hmm. you can see you can see clearly that uh i was no like i'm nobody like we're all just just like this little speck in a log type of thing right yeah how old were you i was uh well the first time i tried the first thing i did was was ecstasy uh when tiesto was here actually (laughs) that was like 2000 i think i was like 15 something like that pretty young that's pretty young yeah pretty young yeah yeah that was young for sure and that one didn't grip me that one didn't really i didn't care that much 
mm. uh, for it. In the moment, I did. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't like I got to do this tomorrow and I got to do this tomorrow. It wasn't like that. But first time I tried uh, blow or cocaine was, uh, I think I was 22, okay, 23, okay. something yeah. like that. And uh, I was a, I was like, so let me back up for a sec. Like when I went, we moved back in with my dad or moved in with my dad. That completely changed my life for for the better for for a while. I respect him. He's a couple inches taller than me, <laughs> so that was, it was easier to. He controlled me pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, not in a controlling way though, but more the the what I was alluding to earlier. Like I wasn't afraid of him. I loved him, and he he knew that. So it wasn't like a you have to be home by this time or you have to be. I had an incredible amount of freedom, and I didn't fuck it up. And I I, I will always remember that. Uh, especially for mm-hmm. when I'm parenting uh, with my son, like the the like rules and the strictness doesn't necessarily work for everybody. It doesn't work for most people, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I when I moved in with him, I, I got away from all those guys, and I just hated drugs. Like I hated everything about it. Like you're mm-hmm. a loser if you dr- dealt drugs, and if if I saw several people do cocaine um, when I was working at the bars when I turned 18. Okay. And I'm like, you guys are just losers. Like, I thought that was the last person to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, so you never tried it like in high school when you're hanging out with those guys or anything like that? N- no, it was too scary for me still. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still listened to, like, do you guys remember uh, Mad? Yes. Or, uh, or, yes. Sorry, Dare. Dare. Oh, Dare yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's all those, all those videos of people like scratching their neck and like, they're so high and they don't know where they are. And there's people that like sell their babies just for a hit. And I thought it was what well, it, it can get like that for sure. But I thought it was like that right away. So I was like, I didn't want to try it when I was in high school or anything like that. I only tried it when I, I started hanging out with some other buddies that I met at work. Mm. And, uh, uh, I had no idea they did it. And then they, they did it at a birthday party and they just seemed normal. And it was, it looked like they were having a good time. Like they made it look, it looked sexy. It looked romantic. It looked fun. It looked, it looked great. And it was in a, this guy, he's dead now, but it was a, uh, this big drug dealer here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So he had like big mansion. He had like all kinds of nice cars and he was wearing like a fur coat and all these girls liked him. Like it was like a movie. It was nuts. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I'll try it. And I did. And I second it went on my nose. I was like, fuck, like, I love this. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew it was, I knew I was in trouble right away. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one thing that I've, I was reading a book recently and dare is really good at associating pain with, drugs so that's why they show you that whole like you know crack den people just tweaking out you don't want to be like that person and they actually do are pretty successful with that but yeah i mean i i think the the jury is out is 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 that the best method of doing um avoidance techniques or yeah it's it's definitely a start that's for sure because it kept me away from it uh, at a younger age but I think more long-term people got to be more honest about who does it Mm. as well. Like, like saying, um, like, like, like I said, my, these, these guys, I had no idea they did it at all. And Mm -hmm. dare made it seem like it was like these people that you would never meet. 
you know what I mean? These crackheads right. in an alley and right. stuff. Yeah. But that's that's fast forwarded. No one right. really talks about how it starts. Yeah, and that's yeah, like five years kinda, later type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not just yeah, kind of at a party or you know, yeah, whatever, someone you know. It's subtle. It's very subtle. And uh, if you're around, if it's if it's around you, it, people will people will eventually push it on onto you it, one day. Like it, it may not be your closest friends, but your friend's friend of a friend or whatever. It'll it'll definitely be pushed on you because people don't want to do it by themselves. Typically, I used to do it by myself when I got really, really heavily addicted. And we can get into that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it by myself all the time, but, but it started off with just small little amounts here and there, and uh, just totally normal, normal dudes that could turn it on and turn it off. Just right. do a couple of right. bumps at night, and that's it. But I'm just not wired that way. Addictive personality. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. With everything. So. I've used it now to harness, like I can harness it like very well now and with my business and just, just my work ethic and the gym and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use it for, for good. Uh, but it's, yeah, there's definitely a, there's a demon, there's a demon there for sure. That always wants to eat. <laughs> you got to feed it something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of people like, like me, like I, I went yeah. to tons of meetings and uh, like cocaine anonymous meetings and just okay. yeah. now that I've, I've come out to talking about addiction and stuff, I'm like inundated with, with DMs of people asking either for help or what they should do about their brother or sister or mother or, or uh, anything like that. And, and I welcome that for sure. Yeah, I yeah, think but, there's... Uh, I, sorry, I was just going to say, I think there's a little bit of a stigma around it. So people that once they see somebody that's coming out and saying, hey, like this happened to me, they can relate to that a lot easier. And then they're going to come right to you. They're like a magnet type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that that's exactly why uh, that's exactly why I did it is I I had this I was on my chest for years and there was a lot of a lot of uh, like a, uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard the first podcast i did with second floor um but i talked about uh the story where my family was going to hawaii and Mm. i I planned i planned on uh killing myself while they were in hawaii because when you're when you're doing uh, i was doing like three or four grams a day every single day so i was getting high every day but i was coming down every day also jesus what's the price of that uh it is a hundred and I think it was 180 bucks for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was on like a uh, reward program. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. These fucking dealers, man. Like, uh, they know how to get they, you. Oh, yeah. And they'll front you for a couple months or whatever. And then you got to somehow come up with the money because you, you, you're not going to work because you're fucked up. You don't want to go to work. And it mm-hmm. alters your, it alter, alters your brain. Like the way you're, your receptors respond to each other and your mm-hmm. dopamine it is so fucked up you need that drug big time to feel uh normal just the first couple like bumps or whatever will make you feel normal mm-hmm. so yeah i was uh i was definitely definitely not myself uh and right. so the state of mind i was in when my family went to hawaii was i, I thought i was being uh uh like what do you call it? Like, I thought I was, um, 
it was a great idea and I was being uh, selfless to kill myself while they're in paradise because they get to be in paradise and they get to mourn my loss and they, uh, while there's, you know, fucking luau's and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually, yeah. I actually thought that that was a good idea and like I was being okay. Like I, it was normal. And like now that I would never fathom that, like that's just not even a, I can't even believe it. Like I can't even believe I was there and, that's that's kind of why there there's a massive de- debate, not so much anymore, uh, about if uh, drugs like addiction is a disease, and I I think a hundred percent it's a disease because mm-hmm. um, you you know having an addictive personality isn't a disease, but being addicted to drugs I'd say is a disease because you're taking these chemicals in, mm-hmm. uh, which is like cocaine is kerosene, gasoline, acetone, the plant itself, and then who else knows what it's cut with? Right. It's going up your face. That's how I did it. I did it like through my nose. I didn't inject it or anything or ever smoke it, but um, it's going up your face and it's going to like, it literally burns brain cells. Like it, it's, it's a mm-hmm. fucking disease. The same thing as a uh, uh, biological disease. So um, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, so can I ask kind of for the whole, process of your time with uh like addiction you started when you were 22 you said like was it yeah. a few couple years that this was going on for or uh it was like every weekend for probably about two years like okay. give or take like right. was, uh it started off a little slower than that actually it was like it was that birthday i went to and then no actually no it was like every weekend <laughs> yeah oh, okay yeah. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about it um, I did, however, get my shit together for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. I met a girl. We we uh, got married, and we divorced for like within a year and ten months or something. We were together for five years, and in that time, I did it maybe twice. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really care for it. I, I started a new business back mm-hmm. then. It was generation contracting. And that's all. That's that was my new drug. That's that's all I cared about. And I just wanted to make everybody proud with that, and make make money, and make a legacy, and everything you want to do, uh, make a difference. Everything you want to do with making uh making your business, right? And uh, yeah, that was my new drug. So I was I was pretty clean. And then her and I had a falling out, and I lost a ton of money on the the last three job sites of my of my uh, um, first business venture. Mm-hmm. So that kind of I started losing my ident- identity. Like I became, uh, started to become a failure in my eyes and, um, a letdown and I couldn't, I couldn't fulfill any promises and my, I couldn't give this life to my wife at the time that, that she wanted. She came, she came <laughs> from a family of money and stuff. So she wanted the same type of thing and I just couldn't fulfill that. So I just felt like the biggest loser. And, um, so I just said, you know, what makes me not feel like a loser cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I did. I remember, I remember it clearly. I ran into the dealer when I was out at uh pub on the cell side and he's like, Hey man, I haven't seen you for a long time. Like, uh, he actually fronted me. He's like, I was like, I don't have any cash on me right now. Cause I was like fucking broke. Cause I, I lost a bunch of money, like 85 grand on a Ooh. couple job sites. Oh, really? Yeah. I was down to like like a couple hundred bucks in my checking account it was just brutal mm-hmm. and uh so he's like oh don't worry about it and he gave me an eight ball which is a lot uh yeah that's quite a bit like three and a half grams i'm pretty sure uh, and did it all every ounce of it or 
gram of it. <laughs> uh, and uh, then it was like, I had no job sites to go to. I had no, I had nothing to go to. I had nothing to keep me accountable and I had no purpose, which is the, the biggest fucking thing. Uh, yeah. If you don't have any purpose, like you're in trouble. You got to find it. Uh, and that's what happened. I didn't have any purpose. So I started doing it every single day and I would do these bullshit little side jobs for cash. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just do it every day. And I was like, I just weighed myself like 30 minutes ago. I'm like 215, 212, mm-hmm. 215. I was 153 pounds. Uh, wow, really? Yeah. At, at my lowest. Yeah. Once I started doing it every day, right after the, the breakup and I lost my business and stuff, I did it every day for nine months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was bad. You could see it like, uh, I almost wish I had a time lapse. Like, you know, those like check-in. Yeah. 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 I was like, hey, I take a photo every day for a beer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could just see my body deteriorating and my, my teeth and my hair was all thin. I cut my own hair since I've been in uh, isolation, by the way. So I think yeah. it looks, it looks not bad, but no, I, <laughs> don't I think look at it. Don't look back. I got to wear yeah. a hat whenever I leave. Yeah. But, get uh, your son to do the back. Yeah, exactly. It probably looked better <laughs> than the front, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I started doing it every day and, uh, that's when my family was starting to be like, yo, what the fuck is going on right. with this guy? They, they could tell, like, would you say before that you kind of hit it or were you always kind of, I hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't open. Like you guys ever watch the show intervention by chance? Yes. <sighs> Here and there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're every time they're, they're it blows my mind every single time the parents know like the family knows they're like oh my son he's addicted to heroin or my whatever like like i like i don't know i wouldn't accept that i wouldn't accept that like if if uh if my son was starting to lose weight and not be himself and be like temperamental and his teeth are getting all fucked up i, I would intervene that like right away mm-hmm. um so and my family would have my family would have too. I just happened to like, I don't know, I guess maybe I was just a good bullshit artist, but I, I kept mm. my, uh, my distance from them as well. I right. always missed family events. I moved out when I was 18 as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I always miss family to family events. Like when I started to get addicted, so they never really saw me, but when they did show up, it was after long periods of time. So it was like, Holy fuck, big, huge difference. And then a couple more times after that, my dad was like, what's going on with you? Mm. And uh, I still never told him. I never told him until uh, I did that podcast, that first podcast with Second Floor. Really? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, that was the way, that was how I told everyone. I didn't tell anyone for uh, three and a half years. Wow. Like, it's from my family, huh. anyways. My, right. my buddies right. all knew and stuff. Yeah. Like, right. And my buddies that, my actual friends that stayed around and helped me out mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. They obviously knew, but. Uh, yeah, they didn't know until until then. But I I I, I veered off for a sec there uh, for a while there. <laughs> but uh, no worries. Um, yeah, that's like the name I, of the game with this uh, podcast. But uh. yeah, right on, good. <laughs> um, I veered off long and hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the reason why I, t- I tell I told this story is t- first of all to tell my family mm-hmm. in a safe way, like in in uh, just me one on one with uh, my buddy Kenny, but. Uh, also so that people can, can reach out and know that 
mm-hmm. know that it can be done. Like you can get out of it. There, there's a guy. I always fuck up the math on this, but there's a guy that ran mile under X amount of time. I can't remember what it what it is. He broke the record in like the 30s. Right. And, four minute uh, mile. Yeah. Four minute mile. That's I right. I think I know yeah. where you're going with this. Yeah. Four minute mile. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And then the next year, like 14 people did it, and then the next year, like 35 people did it, mm-hmm. and now it's like a standard, right? But the yeah. point is, when when you know something can be done, uh, you're way more likely to do it. And I heard that stat. I don't even remember where I heard that uh, that that saying or or whatever you call it. I, I'm not sure where I heard it, but I, it clicked for me. I'm like, yeah, I need to talk about this because certain people might be, you know, you see like the highlight reel on Instagram and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, certain people might be like, Oh, this guy's perfect. I'm not talking about me, but other people. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, the, the fact of the matter is there's plenty of successful people that were, went bankrupt or were addicted to drugs at one point. Like Tom Hardy was massively addicted to crack when he was younger. Look at him now. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Right. Yeah. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah. yeah. Mike Tyson, like the, it, it could go on forever, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, they didn't talk about it. Uh, very, you know, you're vulnerable when you talk about it, but they didn't talk about it into detail. And that's what I wanted to do. And not only for other addicts, but for other parents to say like, yo, these are some of the signs and, and uh, this is what you Mm -hmm. should look out for. Yeah. So I I get lots of people that reach out and it's very touching. It's can be like pretty exhausting because I I go back to that space often Mm -hmm. because you got to, you know, crank your empathy up when you're talking to to people if you want to make a difference. And so it can be a little bit exhausting, but it's definitely worth it. It's part of my mission for sure. That's really cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like it. Um, uh, so, because you do uh, like speaking uh, as well, yeah. kind of with this? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, is that kind of a newer venture overall or? Yeah, it's about a year old now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I've done uh, six engagements. Um, and I got a couple couple bigger ones coming up. They're not announced yet, so I'm not allowed to say. It's actually said right in the email. Right. So nice. NDA. Yeah. I like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, that's that's a huge, huge passion of mine. It's public speaking. Um always been pretty uh not not flashy, but I'm you know when I'm in the room, basically. Like I'm pretty yeah. uh, pretty loud, pretty loud dude, Italian guy, like talking with my hands. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, that on top of like talking to especially students like junior high and high school, right? Uh, I think it's just like very very important that they see that uh, it could happen to it could happen to anybody. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. like for all I know, their older brother is going through it or something. I can kind of show them how to approach it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you get your first engagement? Uh, I actually, how did I get that one? Oh, uh, the school that I got expelled from, <laughs> one of the teachers uh, who I went to school with uh, there, she became a teacher and became a teacher there. And she oh, wow. asked me to to uh, come talk to her grade nines. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was super cool, and uh, it was I really enjoyed the fact that I thought I would lose them. Like I thought, I remember mm-hmm. when I was in grade nine, yeah. people would come like uh, some guys from like the Edmonton Eskimos and stuff. Like those guys, I, I would listen to for sure. But there's like yeah. 
bunch of other guys that would and girls that would come talk about like don't do drugs and it's like shut up like it mm. you didn't really listen it's just like you didn't yeah. go through it for sure but when i walked in there for whatever reason i just had i think it's because i'm probably i'm just covered in tattoos and they were like in grade nine and they're like oh shit this guy's got tattoos and they just kind of listened to me right away um and i also said the said the goods i i said the exact the truth like this is what's going to happen uh, I told him a story about a, a guy that I knew that sold drugs and he got fucking murdered execution style. And wow. they're like, what? Like what? Like, yeah, that's a real thing. Like if you guys <laughs> want to sell drugs and do drugs, like you're either going to be locked up uh, or killed locked up or wrapped up basically is the yeah. saying that goes around and it's super true. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. When uh, to, to backpedal a little bit, but like kind of when you were, in it let's say like with the addiction and and doing drugs did you did you kind of know that you were addicted at the time were you kind of aware of yourself of your actions or yeah that's a good question uh yes uh at the beginning it was i you know like you can kind of like you guys have probably lied to yourself yes. right uh, never you know yeah yeah doing it right now exactly you know, yeah. you know like deep deep down like you can say the words like uh whatever i'm gonna go to the gym at 4 a.m tomorrow sure. you can say that out loud mm-hmm. but you know like here you're like i'm not gonna fucking go tomorrow because <laughs> whatever right mm-hmm. i was like that so i would be like i'm not addicted but really i'd be like i'm fucked like i don't know how this is gonna end but i always kind of pushed it away kind of pushed it down the line i'll deal with it later and uh uh once uh i I set up a test for myself once i started doing it by myself that was one where i'm like okay like this is obviously a problem right uh and then another one i consciously didn't pay my mortgage payments so that i could buy blow so that's another one uh and then the final one was uh i i had some left over from the night before Mm-hmm. and uh because i passed out because i was also drinking at the time too uh whiskey or something and uh i'm like okay hey, i got a little pile there if i can leave this alone then i have a fighting chance and i think i lasted about eight seconds like actually I'm, i was just like yeah, i could do this and then i just like said that while i was walking towards it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like rolling up the bill i'm like i'm not gonna do it no <laughs> and, I, and i did it and then i'm like i'm i'm totally fucked right. um and you just start prioritizing that in front of everything. And that's that's mm-hmm. when it starts getting really, really bad. And then and then of yeah. course when you're like, I'm gonna the only way out is I'm gonna kill myself, that's 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 as bad as it gets. Cause mm-hmm. if you live like you're gonna die, you don't give a fuck about anything. And that's that's why that's where I was at. I didn't care about anything at all. So I I got I I tricked I actually tricked a bunch of dealers and stuff so that they could front me some blow because I was just gonna kill myself like they can't collect from a dead guy, mm. uh, you know what I mean? Like I was there. I was right, there. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, super super fucking shitty. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. And it's a powerful story. And you know, we we appreciate that you're comfortable sharing it for sure. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, actually. So and then. Because just to reference your uh, other podcast appearances and stuff, because because you had like a 
like your you, uh, your condo got foreclosed on or something like yeah. that during the, this time period, like you just mentioned the mortgage. Yeah. Payment yeah, thing like got, it. Everything, everything got taken away. Uh, 100% my fault, obviously. Yeah. But um, I got my my condo. So the condo is a, it's a <clears> shitty, <throat> shitty story. I, I, I tell it all the time now, but um, when I was 19, I bought it. And I like I put the down payment for it, and um, I saved up through my apprenticeship. I did a bunch of side, I did a bunch of side jobs, like just for cash building decks or whatever. I'm a journeyman red sail carpenter, by the way. That was okay. my trade, or yep. still is my trade. Uh, so I'd build decks for cash, and and I'd work at the bar, uh, a couple bars, Squires Club Malibu when it was open on White Ave. Mm -hmm. um, Knoxville's when it was open, yeah. Uh, just so I could save to all of those. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Just so, just so I could save up for this down payment, and I wanted to be the first to buy a condo. My mom and dad proud, family proud, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I found this one, which was a foreclose foreclosure. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I bought it because it overlooked this like man-made lake on the south side. And I had mm. trails and big trees and shrubs and stuff like that. I, I really, really liked that. And it backed right onto it. So um, that's why I bought it. So I'm like, fucking sweet. So I bought that. And then fast forward, I became addicted to drugs and got behind on my mortgage payment. And uh, I I got kicked out of my house. Like sheriffs came and took my home away, which is probably one of the worst days of my life. Just that that feeling of like, it's, it's like, it's real. Like, you know what I mean? And I had places to go. Like I could have went to my parents. I could have went to my buddies, but I was so ashamed because I was supposed to be this successful guy. Uh, I, you know, everyone around me, uh, loved my energy and uh, I got lots of like, like I'd pump people up, but it was part of my identity. And it, it is again, like I, I right. love doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I didn't feel like I could go anywhere mostly because of my ego. So I actually ended up living right by that man-made lake outside. So really? the, the view that I bought, I lived under. <laughs> so I wow. had to, uh, so you were homeless. Like, yeah. 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 For 28 days. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, and then finally, uh, a buddy stepped in like, dude, are you fucking sleeping outside? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I also had a, I had a 2012 Dodge, Dodge Ram. Mm -hmm. And another thing I was really proud of, and that got, uh, repossessed in front of my friends. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. kept like, you know, like a typical addict, like you just keep just pushing things along. You're like, mm -hmm. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. This isn't real, whatever. And the, and finally it got to the point where the bailiff was like, yo man, I'm taking your truck. And I blocked him like, ha ah, that'll fucking work. <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, he ended up finding me cause that's literally their only job. Right. Uh, uh, so he found me right away within days and then came in with the tow truck and I couldn't do anything about it. He's with a sheriff. So I'm not going to fight him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus it was 150 yeah. pounds. I'd lose right away. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that was like yeah, a really low moment. And, uh, I knew that it was just going to get worse and I was going to die soon. Hmm. So, uh, fortunately met, uh, met a guy that be later became my business partner, mm -hmm. Christian dude. And he, he, he took me into, uh, a, a mutual friends of ours 
and he's like let's let's get you better man like let's let's do this right and i i pictured it as i could kind of pictured it as um a flowing river and there's all these you're stuck on the side of this river and there's all these like life rafts going past you and all you have to do is just jump and you'll be saved and he was this like fucking broken down tree the last thing that was coming down the river and i'm like i gotta jump or i'm before gonna the, and I, yeah before the waterfall that's right and, <laughs> and i i decided to jump i'm like fuck it i'm gonna jump and something changed in me that day where i I realized the power of being vulnerable, hmm. which is the opposite of what we're taught, especially as, as men as, like us, mm-hmm. vulnerable. It's, it's definitely changed now. Being vulnerable is pretty cool. Like it's pretty clear that if you're vulnerable, you're going to be successful and there's different levels of it and whatever. And we can yeah. get into that if you want. But, uh, uh, I knew that it was really important to be, vulnerable so i i just jumped right into it and i'm like hey man i'm super addicted to cocaine i'll lie through my teeth to get to get my drug like you basically gotta fucking chain me to a telepost uh so i don't leave and it's gonna be a really fucking rough three days and that's exactly what happened like cold sweats i couldn't i couldn't think i got headaches i was moody i like i i could have probably killed him like i like Mm. i just needed that drug um and they stuck it out they stuck it out with me and uh after day like about day four mm-hmm. when i noticed all the like love i was and attention i was getting in, in a positive way and and also they weren't talking down to me either which is massively important if you're trying to if anyone who's listening is trying to help out a, a somebody that is addicted to anything do not do not do not belittle it does not work you just have to be empathetic and listen and use logic and reason, but do mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. belittle. Cause that, I think if they belittle, I probably would have ran away and, uh, I already felt like a failure enough. Right. Um, but yeah, by day four, like biologically, I started feeling like I felt better. Like my skin was clearing up a little bit. It happened pretty quick. Um, and, uh, I, we started progressing and, uh, I was able to go out and, we started this business together where we, you know, we were Zorzetta Williams was, was the name of our business. Uh, and, uh, we were building decks and fences and doing rentals and I had to keep my mind off drugs. So we would, I would work him and I would work like no, like no lies, like 16 to 20 hours a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There was one job we did. It was 20 hours a day. We did it for a few days in a row and, uh, we started to hallucinate. We had this, this stupid fucking, uh, this stupid timeline and we were dealing with epoxy and uh, xylene, like these chemicals. And we were, we were, oh, wearing, yeah. we were wearing a dust mask for our chemicals. Like, it's like, it's like a four foot dam in an eight foot river. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like, it was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I'm like, fuck, I'm super high. Like, I'm like, like, not like cocaine high. Like, I'm like, I feel like, uh, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I swear to this day, I saw an animal in a vending machine at this this place so i'm like there's a fucking monkey in there and he's like dude no and so we i had to i had to distract myself yeah. uh but with with doing that i realized that i can work these ungodly hours and that's a trait of a successful entrepreneur as far as i read so yeah. i'm like let's let's there's something here like let's 
let's pursue it. And uh, mm. I, I shifted my focus from wanting to do drugs or, or just wanting to stay sober and mm -hmm. you wanted to be successful, which I think is super important. Like I, I went to several meetings and the, the objective in these CA meetings and AA meetings, although they're very important. And like, I got to say my methods to becoming sober are fucking wildly unpopular. Like mm -hmm. it, it works for me and it works for, there's a couple of guys that I know that are kind of wired the same way as me. Other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Like I'll just straight up say that. And the what is right, your, right, your right. method is like cold Turkey, it, it, essentially cut yourself off. Yeah. It's, focus on it's, something else. Yeah. It's focused. But the thing is, yeah, you focus on something else, distract yourself, but you have to work on it still. You can't mm -hmm. just, you can't just turn a blind eye to it. Cause that monster will always, always be there. The, the trick for me is think about being successful or being great or being, uh, you know, good at something else, not just being sober. Cause if you're, if you're thinking about the thing you don't want to do, you're going to fucking do it. Yeah. Like exactly. eventually. So I, I, I kind of use the analogy of a ladder. If you're climbing the rungs of a ladder and there's 10 rungs in your ladder, let's say sober should be number three or four. Like it's important to get there, but don't stop at just being sober. Mm, Cause right. then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to surround yourself with, other people that just only want to be sober and that is going to be your standard. You should raise your standard to the next bar and the next bar. And then just staying sober should just be this fucking thing in the past that you got over. And that way it makes it really small. Hmm. Mm, yeah. That that's my, that's the way I, I look at it. And that's with, with, uh, with anything like fitness or, you know, people overeat or people are addicted to, you can be addicted to anything. Like the definition of it. Uh, I agree with like Russell Brandt's definition of it is if you, if you're getting screwing up your ordinary life for that thing, that thing becomes your life. That's an addiction. Like you can get addicted to ice cream. Mm -hmm. like you, you're, you're not going to eat, right. You're just going to eat ice cream. Like you're fucking addicted to ice cream or, right. or Netflix. You're going to miss work so you can binge watch like Ozark, which is a sick show by the way, but I'm not going to miss work for it. Yeah. Uh, like you can get addicted to that. So that's just kind of, I don't even, I'm not hundred percent certain where I even got that from, mm -hmm. but I know myself, I know myself really, really well and I know it works and I know to listen to that little voice that I was talking about earlier where you can't lie to yourself. You can right. verbalize it, but that little fucker inside of you is saying like, now you're not. It knows. Or yeah. it knows. Listen to that one. Definitely. Yeah. So, so reading between the lines there though, a lot of your, uh, the, the way you cleaned yourself up, let's say you, you did it yourself more, more or less, correct? Well, I, no, well, no, I, I, I finished it myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I finished it myself. Like, yeah, that's, that'd be the, the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have Dan to, right. yeah. to man up and, and come grab me and be like, Hey man, <laughs> you got to figure your shit out. I yeah. would be fucking dead. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, it was a, it was a kind of like a, I guess like a rally, like baton. He handed it off and he's like, Hey, yeah. Do your thing, man. Succeed. And that's what I did. Mm. Did you yeah. relapse? Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And uh, I took it as I did a few times, uh, mm -hmm. not to the extent where it was like, um, 
party all night, like do four grams. So I'm drooling and like, Oh man, guys, like I, I would do so much. Uh, it's, it's not funny, but it's funny now. Cause it's, it's, it's over, it's over. But yeah, um, I would do so much and I'd be so paranoid that I would be in the corner of my condo with a baseball bat in my underwear drooling because you can't, you lose control of your face and stuff right. like, cause you're doing so much. And I'd be holding a bat. I remember a time I, I held a bat for two hours and I hunched my back over for two hours thinking that a drug dealer was going to come kill me through one door, like my sliding mm-hmm. door. I was on the main floor or the cops were going to kick in my door. And I would stand there fucking two hours, no joke. And every, anything that moved, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, so so bad like and then think about like no one wants to do that like imagine mm-hmm. doing that like and you're so so i don't know if you've ever been paranoid but it is crippling crippling mm-hmm. um and but i did it every day anyways like that's how addictive this shit is right so yeah it's super fucked up but uh when i relapsed it was just uh not to make light of it at all but it was not nowhere near that level right it was, it was just it was yeah, I had a couple of drinks, which I do not recommend, and uh, since uh, completely stopped because you, I have a saying where if you have a bottle of beer, by the time the neck is gone, the drug dealer's on his way, hmm. because you're hmm. you're you could be the most solid person ever in your mind, and then you have a little bit of substance, and it'll trigger past emotions. So like usually I would start it by drinking, so I'd have a beer and then I call a drug dealer, you know what I mean? Or some I can't even drive, I won't even drive in certain parts of the south side where I used to live, I won't even drive there because I get such bad anxiety mm. like around, mm. around my old, my old place. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had a moment of a couple moments of weakness. I have a beer and then I, somebody would have someone I would do a line and be like, fuck, 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 you know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't progress. You know what I mean? I would just go home or, or, yeah. um, you know, stay up and not do any more of it. And just, make sure that I anchored myself the next day, like go to the gym and, and talk to, uh, I had a, a buddy, like, a, I guess you could call him a sponsor, tell him what happened, uh, walk through with it, walk through him with it. And, um, and just, uh, go to the next run. Don't stay down there. Just keep fucking going up and you can't beat yourself up, uh, too bad. It's just, it starts a, starts a bad cycle and a lot of people would say a lot of addicts out there will say that's selfish if you don't like beat yourself up and you know be remorseful and say you know that was terrible with what i did it is you know it move on sure i was going to ask about that because how do you stop yourself from spiraling if you do relapse even just minorly right and i think you you put you hit the nail on the head with that for sure yeah you gotta you gotta know yourself as well like you, if you have something planned let's say you relapse on a friday night and you you're going out saturday night you're not going out saturday night <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta yeah. that li- that little voice to be like don't fucking do it man just stay home or i got a buddy uh, of mine eric he's uh, one of my oldest friends my my best friend some i'll give him a shout and when i'm feeling that way and he doesn't even know sometimes he doesn't know sometimes he'd be like man i, I feel like doing drugs like i feel really weak and you'll just talk to me or sometimes i'll just call him and pretend i'm calling him for some bullshit reason and just for whatever reason like listening to him and and uh talking to him like puts into perspective like i don't want to let him down and i don't want to let other people down mm-hmm. so i i i'll call him you know what i mean so i i know that 
I won't spiral if I do certain things. And that, that's definitely one of them. And, and uh, super aggressive workouts as well. Like, like just going until you want to throw up. Um, that releases the endorphins you you need. Because co- cocaine does, uh, and again, I can only speak to cocaine because it's all I've ever done. E- cocaine, MDMA, ecstasy, which is about the same thing. Um, and like cannabis, but uh, cocaine is uh, dopamine and endorphins. For some reason, if you do a line, you feel like you did a good, you did a job, like you mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. is fulfilled, mm-hmm. and you feel like yeah. you're on top of the fucking world, um, and the, your dopamine is going crazy. But the next day, it all comes crashing down. So the the way to get that dopamine back in a healthy way, super aggressive workout for me. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting, man. Just taking it, taking it all in. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, so can I ask now, like you're, you, you don't even have like a beer sort of thing. You're totally hundred percent sober clean sort of thing. Or can you, um, I I'll, I, I read it. I'll, I'll read it. So like if I, if I'm out at my brother's birthday, for example, he, he makes craft beer. Okay. I'll have like, I'll have a beer there and just, stop it there because it the guy who used to do cocaine is dead so mm. that'll never that'll never come up again but um i'm very cautious to not take it too far because mm. once you once you go past like i'm sure you guys have have you guys ever blacked out before drinking <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. like got, got super shit face and like i not necessarily blackout that, that you don't remember like we've all done that i'm sure but drink too much your your yeah exactly your inhibitions are down your integrity is down so you could be you could be caught off guard like i could be yeah. let's say i had like 12 beers or something like that and i was with a buddy who i knew had it i might be like ah fuck give me a give me a little bump or something like that like you never know right so mm-hmm. it's kind of being being cautious which again is wildly unpopular i don't recommend it if you're if you want to get clean, just kick it all. There's few, very few cycles like me that that can do that. <laughs> right, right, yeah, definitely. So I guess because so, what would kind of be the mainstream uh, methodology? It would be more the AA and A and like that kind of route, or yeah, yeah. It's uh, first of all, like there's a 12 step program. Yeah, uh, and that's what like AA, NA, and CA. That's what they that's what they're all about. Mm-hmm. So they'll kind of you get you get uh, uh, chips. So when your first day yes. you get a chip, yeah. and then thirty days, sixty days, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you got all all kind of support in there. Um, so if you have bad feelings, or you know you're just or you just want to talk to somebody or whatever, there's a phone list that you can call, and somebody will talk you off the ledge. Uh, um, for lack of better words. And there's emergency meetings too. Let's say you, it's one in the morning, you need it fucking now. You can get, you can go to an emergency meeting and there's 24 mm-hmm. hour meetings all over the place. So, really? Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And it, it all like it, it's deep. It's super deep. So mm-hmm. some people do drugs for different reasons. I was never, ever, ever the guy who went out to drink and get shit faced because I was upset. Mm. I would go out, to have fun and my energy was super high so i wanted to make it higher mm-hmm. you know what i mean so some people can't you know if they're if they're feeling down 
and really down they have a beer it makes them feel better that's dangerous yeah my mine i feel good i'll have a beer i feel better so that can get dangerous as well because i want to feel better and if one beer makes me feel good four beers make me feel even better and you know what i mean you do your fake math in your head uh and then before you know it, you're blacked out <laughs> right um but to me that's easier to control than the latter mm. yeah so yeah but again i don't i don't uh, I don't even really like saying it, but I just want need to tell the truth. It's just yeah, who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't don't function that way, and and don't use me as a like. Oh, Anthony can have a couple of beers, so I can have a couple of beers. When you know you're gonna fucking do drugs after. Again, mm-hmm. it's like listening to that little voice, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't compare anyone's addiction or, or journey. It's all different. It's all different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. Did you? essentially have like a day one where you realize I'm never going to do this again. There was a, was there a point where you were just like, I'm never going back. Yeah. It was uh it was a morning after a relapse. Hmm. Yeah. Long time ago. I was like, it was, I had, uh, I was supposed to do several things, uh, for a client and for my business, uh, as well as like clean my place and there was a dinner I had to go to, and I, I missed all of those, all of those commitments because I was too fucked up. Like I wasn't high still. I was just very like it's hard to explain, and I hope you guys never feel that. Uh, but it was, it was uh, just a, a feeling of like disappointing in myself and mad anxiety, and I thought everybody was mad at me, and mm. just couldn't you couldn't couldn't get off the couch, but you couldn't nap. You were just hmm. like in a yeah. fucked up state. And I was like, I will never feel this again. I don't want to ever, ever feel this again. And the next day, so so that was it. That was the day after I relapsed. The day after that, uh, I made sure I did everything and like ten things more. And then I felt super accomplished. And I'm like, this is me. This is what I want. This is what I'm gonna uh, look forward to. And uh, um, I that was my day one, where I was like, no more fucking around. And I, I set up a lot of commitments uh, and anchors, uh, like gym every morning, super early, like 4.30, I'm up, go to the gym, pretty much no matter what. There's obviously life happens and you miss a few. I'm not like, I'm not Dwayne Johnson, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, do, I do those things and I do a ton at work and I do, I make myself a list and when you make yourself a list, you get these check marks after you do a task. And I make them as detailed as possible so I get more check marks. Like if you you can make a list to say, go to work. Sure. And then you get one check mark. <laughs> if you say, you know, wake up, hydrate, workout, take protein, blah, blah, blah. And then you go check, 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 check. Those you get more endor- endorphins during the day. Yeah. And yeah. that works that works for me. So I don't want to not feel I want to always feel that sense of accomplishment. So uh, so I don't fuck around. That's super so, powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah, it keep, keeps keeps me straight. And and uh, the only person I compare myself to, not that I am in, I, I worded that wrong. I, I'm not comparing myself to him. I look up to him as is fucking like Dwayne Johnson and uh, like David Goggins and those guys. Like, cause they're right. they make me feel so lazy. Like Kevin Hart too. Same, Conor McGregor. Like I I yeah. all day when I'm at work, I listen to footage of Conor McGregor with Tony Robbins, for example, interviewing him. Like just keeping your mind right uh it, it really works just 
for anything to get sober to work out to clean your house to to get the boss to ask that girl out or whatever you know it, it works yeah absolutely so so you're really about kind of the uh understanding the brain chemistry behind kind of everything right like the yeah. release you get from even checking off the task or understanding how that affects addiction as well right so yeah it's very it, there's tons and tons of science behind it um and it's fascinating like mm -hmm. super fascinating and i and actually i never really got i got into it about five years ago um but i as of recently just started really dialing in on what the brain actually does um because i got called out for uh addiction not being a disease and i was it made me fucking mad like i got so so, mm, so mad really because what i this person uh thought that i was calling it that or that other addicts call it that so that they have permission to do it right and that's mm. that's not the case it's like oh it's a disease it's not my fault and i would say that to an addict too if it, oh it's a disease not my fault well yeah but you can fucking deal with it you mm -hmm. don't just hide behind this it's a disease like that's bullshit you know what i mean uh you can kick a disease like there's medicine for it right and mm -hmm. an addict's medicine is we have a million outlets like it's not like a it, you're actually fortunate if you have that disease there's not a lot you can do about pancreatic cancer but you can do a fuck ton for for uh addiction there's therapy there's um there's visualization there's hypno hypnosis there's all kinds of stuff you can do um and like i said earlier the reason why it's 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 a disease is because it attacks your brain tissue and your body tissue and and it makes you not think the same way like me i like me wanting to thinking that it's a great idea to kill myself to rid my family of my fuckery <laughs> uh that i i actually literally thought it was a good idea just like you know going to the gym is a good idea it was right in the same ballpark like that's how fucked up I, I was so yeah absolutely it was a disease so once i started arguing with this guy i'm like i better back this up <laughs> so i really started diving into it and before i knew it it was like three in the morning and i'm not scrolling through instagram for once and scrolling through <laughs> you know like uh, uh different papers on on addiction and how successful people kicked it and it kind of fueled me to talk about my journey and and uh stick it to these these people that don't think it's it's like that way <laughs> mm -hmm. well i mean it's it's taking responsibility sure it's it's a difficult situation to be in but i have the responsibility that i can change yeah. it and yeah i think that that's almost step one not that i've ever experienced it but it's from what you're saying to me what i'm hearing i, I feel like that's essentially what you're you're saying yeah, that is right. Yeah, it's step one. And that literally is step one in the 12-step program is admitting you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And then you mm -hmm. you move forward from there. Like you, you, you own it and you take responsibility for it. And um, another that's another kind of going off uh, for a sec, but another reason why I'm not popular in groups and stuff like that is because I'm like, I remember looking around and be like, what a bunch of fucking victims. Like, uh like you know like i cannot stand victim and victim mentality it is so so dangerous and uh it's it's everywhere like it's everywhere yeah. it's in 
it's in like rev Google reviews for restaurants, like or or other things. Like people are, they give you this story. The first paragraph is about like, oh, they had a long hard day at blah blah blah, and all they wanted was a nice burger from wherever. And mm. like, what the fuck? Like, just the burger wasn't good. That's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to be a victim, you know, or it's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not. Your, it's not your fault that your your parents were alcoholics. It's not your fault that you're all these horrible things could have happened to you, but it is your fault if you don't do something about it. Mm. I believe in that. Like yeah. it, it, and it's a bit of tough love, but it's, it is, that's, it is what it is. Like you, you control, you control your life. Um, obviously there's people in other parts of the world and stuff that I can't speak about because I have no idea. I have no idea. There's people that get kidnapped. There's people that get, drugged into sex slavery that's real shit and i know nothing about it so i'm not speaking about that what i'm talking about yeah uh the hardships, that, the hardships that we get um when we're young we absolutely have to um take either either uh run from it or deal with it and and grow from it and that's that's what i think you should do is is grow off of that and take responsibility for it and help others get through it as well. We almost live in this society where it's one upping each other for how much of a victim we are in some oh, cases. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Like so, so true. And, and, uh, I, I just can't even, I have a hard time dealing with it mm -hmm. big time. Cause it's sometimes I, I, I hear people's hard day that's that's a tough one for me where it's like you know i had a hard day because i i had 13 more emails than i was supposed to or i you know i had to take the fucking stairs because the elevator was down or like mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god like really oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> but i'm thinking like i like i was fucking homeless i was addicted to drugs heavily i wanted to kill myself i tried to kill myself i you know what I mean? All this stuff. And then there's another person who, like, let's say is a Navy SEAL, and he's like, yo, that's cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I had to go to Somalia, and, what, and you know, my best friend died, and you know what I mean? And so one-upping the people that actually go through hard, hard like, real hardships, I don't think they one-up. I think it's just mm -hmm. a bunch of these little fuckers that you know like oh well you know my brother's cousin's aunt died and i'm having a bad day like i just can't deal with that shit you know and it's mm -hmm. it's very it's very much like that and especially like on social media and stuff you see people talking about um you know they're like okay like they start off like rant like oh fuck this is gonna be good and it's like i went to the grocery store and i saw this person and then they just say that they good, did a good deed and like they they uh it wasn't actually a good deed they just like stood up to somebody or whatever and then they get all these friends saying like good girl good job girl or good job buddy or whatever and uh you know like so sorry you had such a bad day or you know what i mean it's just like come on mm -hmm. spread the posit spread the positivity and think about what other people are going through you know what i mean like right now we're in the middle of covid this shit is insane but we're not storming the beaches of normandy right like that's what gets me going yeah. all day yeah. is like this, this is very serious, like very, very serious for sure. But we're not get we're not asking, we're not getting asked to like go fight a war. We're not getting asked to 
do all all kinds of stuff and and it's not like it's an 80 percent mortality rate either mm -hmm. like it could be much worse and that's what's getting me that's what's getting me through anyways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well, yeah we're being asked to stay home and record podcasts over skype god damn it yeah, yeah exactly like fuck like i have a nice shirt on but i have sweatpants on <laughs> I don't have any pants on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, my fridge is like 20 feet away. Like, I can just go out, get up and get a steak if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So how is your quarantine going then? Because you're obviously, you're, we were discussing before we started, you're still working and everything. Construction. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, construction was named essential. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're, we're actually on like an acreage. So we're doing this big shop, like 6,000 square foot building. And we're just, I scheduled it so that it's two trades at a time or two people, one trade at a time. Mm -hmm. So just in accordance to the rules, I, I could have everyone there technically, but, um, uh, my, my Nono and Nona are, are almost 90 and my Oma and grandpa on my, my mom's side, they're, they're about the same age. So I just, I don't want somebody i just don't want to spread anything and i don't want to be part of the problem yeah. you know what i mean i'd rather rather be part of the solution these guys need to work we need to get some income and we let's do it in a safe way right yeah most definitely uh, and i'm a four thousand percent extrovert like big time so i was very uh very nervous um going into this thing like it might if they like lock us down like you know i'm gonna have to like I don't know what I'm gonna do, but now I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some uh, some podcasts. You're great. <laughs> there you go. Hey, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, actually, but on that note, with the construction thing, because you've been self-employed more or less this this whole time, largely correct? Like from yeah. young adulthood yeah. to now, obviously. Yeah. 2000, 2012. I, I actually started. I started doing side jobs, like like every carpenter that wants right. to uh it's very popular side job mm -hmm. with any trade right um i started doing that and then once once i started getting uh more money for less risk i'm like this is there's something here like there's a business here right mm -hmm. um and then i went all in yeah 2012 and i've been i've been on my own ever since right well, so you yeah. do you gc or you specifically framer or no i'm a gc okay awesome yeah so we do all kinds of commercial renovations. I used to do residential renovations, but not so much anymore. Especially now, you can't even can't do residential renovations right now, anyways, because you're in other people's homes. Be like right. talking about COVID here. Mm -hmm. um, but it's uh, yeah, I, I came from the commercial world. I worked at Clark Builders, um, and my last job it was huge. It was like three hundred three hundred sixty million dollar budget. Um, and I was a foreman there. So like it was large construction, big numbers, lots of people. And I always liked that. So I'm trying to attain those goals, uh, moving forward and like later down the line. So sticking with, sticking with commercial. Nice. Um, and then, so your, cause your company now, uh, was this the one you started with the gentleman who helped you, uh, out of your addiction? Is that, or is no. this, a, is this a new venture? as well this is a new new venture yeah we oh, okay. we, yeah. we we built it to a point and mm -hmm. we kind of got to the point where it was uh i wanted to go one way and he wanted to go the other yeah um and uh he wanted to stay uh a certain size and i wanted to just keep going bigger and bigger like keep going up those rungs that i was talking about because i'm i'm definitely afraid of of lack of progress 
because mm-hmm. when i don't feel that that's when those those scary thoughts come in and that monster kind of comes out so i want to c- continue to grow and, and commercial is the one way to do it like you can build a i can build a high rise one day you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, and that's that that is the goal is is to build a high rise yeah um one day i have a, like yeah. a vision board and stuff i should have yeah. i got i got this thing behind me i should put my vision board but there's a <laughs> i got a uh high rise with it says anvil construction on it and i i do visualization and and stuff like that where i close your eyes and you really really meditate and think about it and i'm standing uh, at the base of the building looking up for my signs on there and all that kind of stuff right <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, it, it's interesting like it's something to be said about like the law of attraction and all that kind of stuff and and uh i do it not every day like, i'm gonna start i was talking to my girlfriend about starting it uh more, more seriously again just kind of falls off a bit but you ever read oh, yeah. you ever read the fountainhead by ann rand the witch the Fountainhead by Anne Rand. No, I haven't heard of that. Yeah? yeah. It's about an architect who uh, goes against the grain and builds big buildings, would recommend. Okay, okay. That's yeah. what, you'll have to DM that to me because I'll forget. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it already. <laughs> um, so, uh, how should we be going? Um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, but it sounds like you're definitely like a mindset guy. Like we haven't quite said that word, I don't think, but I'm kind of picking up hints of it here, here and there for for sure, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so, definitely mindset for sure, and being in the zone is important to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you think like, would you say you have a unique take on it with your experience? Obviously, like for for what you bring. I don't know, to a mindset. <laughs> Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah, I, I think I'm picking it up. Um, yeah, I I do a lot of like a lot of self reflection, and mm-hmm. I can I can pull from the past uh, at will. Is, mm-hmm. is what mostly what I do. And when I when I think about how bad I wanted the drug, and I would do anything for it, like I would have zero point zero zero dollars in my bank account and i would still somehow get it so that's hustle that's the way i look that's the way i look at it uh now is that that comes from somewhere there's an ambition there right to get your objective done so when i'm doing when i'm on the tools which is fairly rare now but or whatever if i'm in the office even doesn't matter if i want to do something or i have to get something done i don't necessarily want to do it i think about the and objective and then that helps me power power through it i think about like man you're gonna fucking not do this paperwork but you were able to go run around try to find side jobs to do knock on doors hey i can do your flooring in your basement for a discounted rate and i would do it and i would do a good job and i would do all this hustle but you don't want to do this small little small little thing Um, like yeah that i kind of pull from from there right um but in addition to that, I believe in having like a, a very strong base and a strong anchor of, of each day and each objective. So I don't just go do something like I'll plan it out first, not necessarily yeah. on a piece of paper and whatever big long-term goals. Yes. But, uh, if I'm going to go to the gym, I don't just go, I'm like, I can do shoulders today and I'm going to do 
this, 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 and this, like make sure that I'm really invested into that mm-hmm. uh, so that I, I can anchor my, my mindset. And other things too, like if I need to go talk to a buddy about something or uh, somebody wants to FaceTime me about addiction or something like that, I'm not just going to like press the button and be like, hey, what's going on? Like I'm going to sit there even before this. I sat down, I got my, I have an Alcoholics Anonymous book right next to me, read a couple things in there, and I just kind of got myself back into that mentality. Uh, I went to my my Facebook memories to like 2014. I'm like, fuck, I was skinny. Uh, you know what I mean? And you just kind of bring myself huh. into this into the story again, right? So I have a good mindset right. and I can, I can um, have a meaningful conversation with you guys. Like everything is kind of planned out more or less. It's almost like a state control where you're getting into the state of living it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which can be, man, the first time I did it, uh, I was exhausted. I slept for two days. I was so really? exhausted. Wow. Like, cause again, I didn't tell anyone. Only like, hmm. I, th- I would say four people knew, something like that. Like, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, tons of my family suspected something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like only four or five people knew. So when I came out talking about all this shit, I knew I was dropping a hammer on it on, on people. And my really? parents can be like, "What the fuck?" Like, so I gave it my all on the ice. I like slept for a couple of days. I can talk about it very openly now because it's kind of yeah. like, kind of like when you when you buy a new car and you you're like, you don't want to scratch, you don't want to scratch it, and then it gets scratched. You're like, yeah, fuck it, sorry, scratch. <laughs> what's <laughs> yeah. another? What's another two or three? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. Well, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so that was your first podcast uh, appearance, right? Like that was kind of the first time you, because that was only like a year ago, correct? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was only about. A, actually, I think it was last. No, it was about a year ago. Yeah, it was about a year yeah. ago. And uh, but I actually, the first time I actually uh, talked about it. Um, was that that was at my old school at uh, Louis uh, right. when I, talking to the oh, great really? miners? Okay. That was before. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the first time I talked about it. Uh, now that I think about it, uh, but it wasn't recorded. It wasn't. I took a picture of us, me and the kids after, and I just told everybody I was talking about uh, just the entrepreneurship part of it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, right. uh, yeah, but the second floor podcast is where that was the first time I I talked about it. Wow. Yeah. I just sent you a tweet here. It says, crackheads hustle four days straight to get a rock. No sleep and no food. You ever work that hard for something? Don't get outworked by a crackhead. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, man. That's my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's, it's uh, it's well, so true. That's good. But, yeah, no, it's a very interesting perspective, but it, it, it makes sense. I think I would agree for you, like you, uh, agree with you there for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if you guys, like, do you guys have something, like, there's something you guys are probably, like, really passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can, that comes from somewhere, and if yeah. you can find that part in your brain, in your body, and all that, in your soul, and you can, if you really, 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 really focus on it, you can use it in other applications, and that's what I got lucky to be, lucky enough to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I, I guess kind of like going forward with your, you know, now you have your new goals with like speaking and, and education, let's call it and stuff. Would, uh, it, would you say like when you're doing your speaking engagements, is it typically kind of to that younger crowd? Is it like, would you call it more preventative or is it 
uh, kind of like an older audience or everywhere in between or and I'm assuming because it's, it's new you're kind of figuring it out as well as you go along right so yeah exactly so I've done uh, junior high done a high mm-hmm. school a, a college a university um, I'm gonna do a couple corporate events as well to like mm-hmm. spot addiction in the workplace and what and how oh, okay to, how to deal with it so I don't have like a like one set speech and one target audience. I kind of I'll mm-hmm. mold to who I'm talking to. So if I'm going into a junior high, I'm going to speak a certain way. That's going to be more preventative mm-hmm. uh, and more just straight up. This is what's going to happen if you do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to say don't do it because that no one that doesn't matter. You're, you're going to yeah. do what you're going to do. But I will tell you what your what the outcome will be. Or if I'm talking at like a corporate event, I'm going to say like you know if you got a couple guys or girls. And Monday, they're they're missing Mondays. That's a red flag. <laughs> and they look a certain way, and they talk a certain way, and and you, you know what I mean. So there's it's a different demographic for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm trying to dial in the, the there's there's obviously only a certain amount of groups. It's not infinite, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll have about a dozen kind of bullet bullet points like well i don't read off a script when i do my speeches i'm not like okay, that yeah. I, i'll have a couple bullet points i'll look at like the first two and then i just go and i just kind of pace yeah. around and I, I i'm just very comfortable up there i really like it mm-hmm. yeah huh yeah yeah well were you, uh, like were you always a good public speaker or you just no. good? are you comfortable <laughs> in front of crowds or i'm i'm comfortable in front of crowds but uh like, like in, uh, I, I was in music class, um, played uh, alto sax. Mm-hmm. So I could play with a band in front of people. Mm-hmm. That was no problem. Um, I did a talent show. Um, I could sing pretty, pretty good. That was no problem at all, actually. But my first time making a speech was at a wedding. And I was like, uh, 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 uh <laughs> you know. Uh, so the first time... I was uh, uh, doing this for real was with the grade niners and I'm like nervous. I'm like, you know, some fucking grade niners make you nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. And maybe it's cause it was ground zero for when all my trouble started with where I got ex- uh, expelled and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, once I started, like, you know, when you're good at something like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like a, a shitty singer knows usually or a, someone playing guitar and knows they're not good yet and they got to keep practicing or whatever i i knew that i was like okay hey, there's something here i can do it so then i i got confidence and then now i'm now i'm good like the, the last one i did was at the u of a and there was like there was oh, over really? 100 people there oh nice and Damn, and it nice. was just like kind of like I, I was nervous for sure but i wasn't like crippling or anything like that it was just like a healthy fear Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, guys that you follow that are really good at public speaking? Because you mentioned Tony Robbins, for example. Have you ever watched him? Any yes, of his, yes. Uh, any of his uh, seminars or anything? Yeah, yeah, probably all of them. Not uh, not live, but online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk as well. Uh, okay. He he's more. Um, I got to take him in doses because he's mm-hmm. so like so like fuck you that it's like like if I'm not feeling like um, getting talked to 
that way that day i won't listen to him you know what i'm saying like, mm, yeah i gotta yeah. i gotta be like full of piss and vinegar that day <laughs> my, my yeah. mom just texted me when are you doing that podcast uh, <laughs> hey mom <laughs> um, yeah, yeah exactly um i listen to it well joe rogan's not a public speaker but i listen to, to his podcast and that's where I, I i get a lot of um knowledge from like how the, how the brain works right. when he has guests like jordan peterson who is like Jordan Peterson is like one of my ultimate favorites. Such an mm -hmm. intellect. Have you guys ever heard of him? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you read his book too? Yeah, yeah. It's actually I think it's no, it's <laughs> in the other one. But uh yeah, I've read it a few times. Only yeah, because my uh my laptop is actually uh <laughs> my laptop is sitting on a stack of books and it's at the bottom of my stack of books here. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> it's super good. The twelve rules for life is super good. Mm -hmm. Um also listen to um tony robbins obviously i already said that uh ed Milet. ed Milet's really good oh, okay yeah yeah and uh every like occasionally occasionally if i'm like doing something like very labor intensive like i had to dig these window wells once and there was a gas line really close so i had to use a shovel and it was frozen mm -hmm. so i was i was outside for 10 hours straight and i ate lunch in my truck and that, that was my only break my hands were all blistered and stuff I listened to Andy Frisella. Uh, okay, yeah, but he's too he's too much he's too much for me, man. Oh, really? Uh, but he he got me through it. He got me through that those ten hours. I'm like, man, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like he's like, don't be a little bitch, and like you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> listening to David Goggins' stories gets me through a lot of those types of days as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So I I guess on that note of kind of. Uh, let's call it giving advice and stuff when it comes to uh i want to two-part this question but part one like so when people reach out to you uh regarding addiction or when you're advising do i want to say people on it like what and you say your approach is unpopular what's kind of your approach and uh methodology that you tell those people and perhaps even like their family and people around them right yeah, it. Uh, I always ask for more info. Like mm -hmm. if someone says, "I'm addicted to cocaine. I don't know what to do." Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say something like, uh, "Are you tired of it? Or what is it? Has it taken control of your life? Like what stage are you at? Tell me a little bit about yourself, and just really listen. And um, then I kind of, I'll always say seek professional help because I am nowhere near. A professional I, I went I went through it and I got out of it and I'm grateful for that obviously but um, I just have a different take in addition to taking professional advice right you can, right, right. kind of like sprinkle me on top of the professional advice is, is <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. is what I is what I say um, um, a lot of times I you gotta I gotta be I gotta kind of know you if you're mm. from some other part of the world, I, I won't even open it for f because it'll say seen right on uh, mm. yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to leave anyone unseen, so uh, I'm not reading it because I'm not going to be able to give you the proper advice that that you need. Hmm. So, but it's it's always going to say seek professional help because I could be missing something that that's going to hurt somebody or, or right right somebody like i said earlier maybe like well anthony's rosetto is able to do you know have a beer and not want to do blow 
so maybe I can. And they're not listening to that inner voice. It's like, no, you can't fucking do that. You, you know, and then they go, yes, they go relapse. Yourself. I don't want to be responsible for, for any of that. Right. And, right, um, right. yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to stay, uh, seek professional advice, but I'm also always going to put in my two cents as well, where it's not always about addiction. It's actually really, so I it's probably only about 50% about addiction. A lot of people reach out to me for, uh, like, like business, like uh, how to right. not not like how to run a business, but how to overcome like an obstacle or how to get to the gym and keep your 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 mind like dialed in, right? Sure. So that I'll talk about all day with anyone. But the addiction right. one is very 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 tricky because people are very yeah. very sensitive and they're not themselves. Mm, true. True. Yeah. Huh. So uh, yes, yeah, so I guess transitioning more to kind of the. Uh, slightly lighter talk in terms of business and mindset and the entrepreneurship uh, there, I guess, do you kind of have like a, what, what do I want to say? Like, what's your kind of outlook on it and experience? I mean, obviously you have your success iceberg behind you there and I've seen that one before and I think that's a very good uh, yeah. metaphor for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, this one is, yeah, that one's, uh, important to me for sure. Um, cause it's very true. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very true. There's, there's a, a couple of mentors of mine that are like wildly successful and they went through some similar to me and like they had to go bankrupt. They were, you know, they're broke. They failed their first three businesses and now they're yeah. millionaires. And I heard someone say, must be nice because this person got like a really really nice uh um box at the rogers arena it's like oh, okay 50 grand a year or something like that yeah and um some he he said that he didn't say the money part because he's very humble but he said hey, i got this this box or whatever like come to a game one day it was like something playful like that like, oh it must be nice and i quickly was like yo do you have any fucking idea like where how hard he had to work and and uh, that iceberg behind me is is it's the same for me. Like people say that to me too. They're like, oh, like see my success or whatever, and they're like, oh, it must be nice to have nice things, or must be nice to be able to whatever, go to mm -hmm. whatever you name yeah. it. But yeah. I'm like, yo, man, I slept in a bush. I I work 20 hours a day. I still work 10, 10, 12 hours a day. I sacrificed so much, like so so much stuff. Um, for my like in pursuit of getting sober and mm -hmm. being successful and it's not over obviously yeah. i'm nowhere yeah. near like i'm i'm nowhere near where i want to be but i'm i yeah yeah it's that's that that's one i i point to for sure yeah but yeah nowhere <laughs> you're nowhere near done yeah yeah exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. um actually uh because i was it, that reminded me when you said that because i was listening to one of your other uh, podcast appearances before, because you were mentioning your bankruptcy. Now, was that uh, was that a business related one, or was that more from the uh, uh, like the addiction? Uh, what you know when you when you had your home uh, or it, condo it was, repossessed and stuff, or was it kind of you know, yeah, all it intertwined? Both. Yeah, it was all intertwined. Yeah. So my business started to fail because of of two. Well, really, it's it was one mistake. I wasn't assertive enough. I let, hmm, I let yeah. people walk, like walk on me to not pay my last 
the last 10% on these couple of jobs, which equated to my profit. Like that, that's where your profit is. It's, it's at the very right, end, right. the last 10%. Hopefully you want to shoot for a little bit higher than that. But, um, I, I just kept listening to them and saying like, oh, okay, you know, your grandma's sick, whatever you need to hold on to the money or what, just a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I later found out, like, I know now that there's these, these people and I still, I drive by them all the time because they live close to my dad. Sometimes I just want to fucking beat the shit out of them. But <laughs> they, they, uh, they took my, my last 10% and they went to Europe with it. Um, really? Wow. And they, yeah. They straight up, they just lied and said they had to go do whatever. And they yeah, went to Europe. Uh, had a vacation. So sick or whatever, or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah so, I w- you know, that that right there, that was the like beginning of the end for, the beginning of the temporary end, I'll, I'll call it. Because um, yeah. when you're not assertive, you are you hate yourself. Like when you, hmm. when you put up with something that you shouldn't be putting up with, you hate yourself. And I, I laugh because I don't know if you guys have ever seen that meme where you're you talk to the shampoo bottles in your shower, you're winning fake arguments. <laughs> that, yep. that was me, man. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I was like, yeah, no, fuck you. Pay me my money. Like, <laughs> and I'm talking to like, you know, herbal essence or something. Um, and you're like, I, yeah. I, well, I, serves I, you right. You're using herbal essences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I wish I would have said this. And then you, you start yeah. beating yourself up and then, you know, you're, I, I thought I could, could find in my, my ex-wife at the time. And, so you could see it all over her face, like, oh, you're being a little pussy. Why aren't you getting the money? You know what I mean? Hmm. And then you you don't, you know, you look like a lesser man and you look like, you know, and then you're, you're, you feel like a failure to her. You feel like a failure to your, to your sub trades and your, your crew and you can't collect this money. And, um, then I started switching to uh, going to drugs and then, you know, the business failed. So I had to declare bankruptcy on that because I obviously was, I was, I had a lot of ego and I was very stubborn. Um, so I didn't want to let it go. So I started putting my personal like credit cards to pay my guys and pay the trades and get material for the next one. And then I got fucked on that one too. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you start giving up and you're not into it. And if you're not all in when you're doing business, like you're not, it's not going to work. It, it's, it's insane. It's, it's insane, uh, to run your own, well, construction business. I don't know about any other business really, except for you know, public speaking, that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. It's with but, everything. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, you have to be into it. You can't just slack off at all. Like you can't, there's no, you're, you're the buck ends with you. That's it. And if you're not, if you don't have enough drive and testosterone in your body, speaking as a man to, to get the job done, you're, you're, you're going to hate yourself and spiral down. And, and I turned into drugs and I got even worse. It just multiplied and it just compounded. And, I had to declare bankruptcy for uh, personal and uh, and uh, business as well. Hmm. Yeah, but well, the way well. I see it is, I, I'm glad it happened when I was so young. If it happened when I was like 45 or 50, it would have ruined me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely took some, like, just strictly business speaking, like some risks early, and you know, their failures as much a part of business and success uh, as anything, right? So. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and you can't you can't be afraid of failure either. You get it now. Yeah. Like I understand yeah. it now. Yeah, I have a list of got fucking, quite a few notes. There, I got a but, lot uh, of fucking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, awesome, man. Well, uh, shit. I mean, do you have uh, any other questions or comments here, uh, 
Josh? Oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm just looking. Oh, sorry. I thought that was for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have any questions uh, for us? <laughs> you know what? I do have one little like kind of feel good story. I got my, I got my watch here. Yeah. Yeah. This, this watch was, I got it. There we go. Technology. Oh, yeah. uh, nice watch. Uh, I had to pawn it um, when I was at my last buck, my last dollar. Uh, really? I pawned it when I was at the lowest of the lows. It was a couple days before. I vividly remember it. It was a couple days before I got kicked out of my place. And I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, end it all. And, and I didn't have any, any money. To, to buy the drugs to, to end it all. And ultimately it was, I obviously I'm here. So I ultimately failed at, at that. <laughs> it didn't work. I, I, uh, I didn't die. I'm still here. Um, but I pawned this watch to get the money for the cocaine to get enough courage to kill myself. Uh, and I, I bought it back the other day. It was one of those, like, uh, like just the other day, like pretty recently or yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Tra tracked it down and, and, uh, Damn and got it i i told myself that i i always wanted i bought this watch when i first started my business because i wanted to kind of like have that feeling of success and whatever and i i made me feel good and i'm not very i'm not typically very flashy but I, I i wanted this one and i told myself that once i get back on my feet and i get normal and stuff like that i'm gonna buy that watch back so just a little feel good feel good story for you guys i like it <laughs> i like it that's good that's good uh, well, normally at the end of uh, our shows, we ask people where we can find you, but I want to change that up. So, uh, what's next for you? I guess will be our parting question. Hmm. Next for me is uh, well, I'm going to continue to to grow Anvil Construction, my business, and uh, uh, I want to get uh, as far-reaching as possible with, mm -hmm. with my story on addiction, and just in case someone needs to hear it, and, and I really mean mm -hmm. that. It's not like a plug and i really i really do believe in that four minute mile um metaphor yeah and that's, yeah. that's why i'm doing this and and i want to go i want to go all over uh, canada at least um publicly speaking about that and, and giving back mm -hmm. i got a I got a second chance so hopefully i can help help people out absolutely have you uh have you ever thought of like writing a book uh, i'm doing it right now <laughs> oh, awesome, man! Yeah, yeah, it's good. Doing it right good. Now. It's, it's, uh, yeah, just a, it, it, it starts when uh, I'm 10 years old. My parents divorced, so it's kind of like your kid's version of divorce. And then mm, I, yeah. I go into what, not that that caused all of this, all of the addiction and all that kind of stuff, but I, I do talk about. I start there, and I, I come to, come to today. So it's, a, it's like actually good awesome. therapy for me too to write, to write it down. I like it. That's awesome, I believe man. it. Yeah, uh, that's good, yeah. man. Excellent. Um, and where can people find you on uh, the World Wide Web and social media and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Instagram, the business is uh, at Anvo Construction. And mm -hmm. the personal one is um, Mr. Zorzetto. Um, my personal one, I, I mostly talk about addiction, mindset, mm -hmm. um, being successful or getting becoming successful um and i had the odd rant but very rare oh yeah <laughs> oh, that's good that's good yeah awesome man well yeah no i i mean i i really appreciate you you know it's very i always the, the uh what's the word i want to use here like i'm always hesitant to use this word but inspirational to hear your story and especially to be 
so open about it. Like we definitely appreciate that. Like, uh, you know, it, it shows a lot of character and I think it's a really good story and, you know, you're making a really good impact with it, I think so. Oh, great. Two Thank pages so of notes can't be wrong, man. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You took notes. That's sweet. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Yeah, we'll have my to. First, uh, Skype. first Skype ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. We're we're also vaguely getting uh, the hang of this because uh, we're used to the in-person component too. But uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back once we're uh, allowed to meet in groups of three again. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. I'll bring some sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, man. Take no care. No problem. Okay, see you guys.